0: And we are on, it is the Tales of a First Time Dad, episode number four. Before we get started, I just want to apologise for not being a podcast last week. Um, I didn't think that people would care if I missed an episode, but I was getting DMs last week on Friday, wait, wait, at six o'clock, where's your podcast? And I was like, oh my God, I know we had a decent following around the world because I can like check who's listening and, and what countries and stuff like that. But I just didn't expect to get messages asking where the podcast was. Um, in all honesty, I just didn't want to do one because it was Christmas time and I wanted to spend it with my family. I do work in the elf and social sector, so we have to work over Christmas and New Year. So any days I had off, I just wanted to spend with me, me new f- little family and enjoy the Christmas time with them. So that's why there wasn't an episode. Um, I felt like I probably should have said that on the last episode, that there wouldn't be one the following week, so everyone knew, but... I genuinely didn't think people really cared and was waiting for the podcast so it was quite overwhelming heartwarming to be honest that people actually cared I, I missed the episode I'm all looking forward to the episode so thank you to every single person who listens to the podcast thank you to everyone who messaged me anyone who did message me I, I was saying to you is like I can't believe that you've sat waiting for it. Like, it it's so overwhelming and me and soph both can't believe just how quickly the podcast's taken off really like like I said on last the, last the episode two weeks ago, we've got like, like listeners in like New Zealand and India and Australia and Korea and all my places like this that I haven't even visited and people are listening to me there. Like it, it's mind-blowing. So hello to everyone around the world who's listening to the podcast. I am Matty. I am a first-time dad. Uh, any new listeners, welcome to the podcast. Um, the podcast is literally just a diary of, of my life becoming a dad. So I'm made up. I'm proper made up that people do enjoy the podcast. I like listening to the podcast, look forward to the podcast. I made up people being learning things off the podcast as well because that was the whole purpose, to help people learn if they're about to become a dad, things that you might not see online. So, yeah, it's going to be the Christmas and New Year episode. I hope everyone listening did have a lovely Christmas and had a lovely New Year with their families. So, uh, without further ado, let's get into it. Um, The first Christmas as a dad... (sighs) It was amazing. It was absolutely amazing. I did have to work Christmas Day, but aside from that, it was amazing. So in the first few podcasts, I'd met I'd spoke about my nan. Now, my nan was my best friend. I I wish I could put into words how much she meant to me. She was more than a nan to me, to be honest. She was my best mate. She was a like a mum to me. Now I still have my mum. I'm very fortunate to still have me mum and my dad. And my Nan was just different, to be honest. Like, I always turned to my Nan for advice rather than my mum and my dad. I don't know why. I always have. I always thought I would. Um, And she, she literally was my best friend. And I love Christmas because of her. So my Nan loved Christmas. And I mean loved it. She used to always decorate the house. And when the grandkids grew up and she ran out of excuses as to why she decorated the outside Cross so it used to be oh well a passers-by had smile and she just loved seeing people happy me nan and at christmas everyone's happy everyone's merry and it was her favorite time of the year all the family got together she loved it she loved sitting in hers like overlooking like all of her kids and their kids and then their kids she was a great nan. there was five generations of of my nan's family and um, but well, there is five generations of my nan's family but she got to see five generations while she was alive which is very rare um to be honest like her great grandkid had a kid as well so it it's mad and she loved christmas and now always rubbed off on me now last year obviously i did lose my nan just before christmas like less than a week be- Before Christmas, we lost my nan. And last Christmas was crap. I'll I'll be honest, it was absolutely awful for me. My mind was everywhere. Pretty much contemplating how I'd get through life without my nan by my side. She was my biggest supporter in life. I was definitely a blue eye. (laughs) Um, But... She was just everything to me and and Christmas was all because of my nan. Really, like that's one reason I really looked forward to Christmas. And I know a lot of my family's the same that they love Christmas because my nan loved Christmas and everyone used to just look up to her. So for me this Christmas, it was important that I got that love back. Now I know Leo was still very, very young. He was literally not even two months old on Christmas Day, didn't have a clue what was going on. It's just a normal day for him. Pretty much Pointless for Leo this year. um So, but I still wanted to get that Christmas magic back and like make every Christmas memorable, really, for Leo, even the ones like now where he doesn't really remember. And up until about the 20th of December, I had no magic like last year. I just couldn't be bothered. I just, to me, it was just like, oh, it's coming. And I know during the Christmas period with losing me, Nan, like literally days before Christmas last year every single christmas i was gonna i I think i mean every single day i really do and it breaks my heart every single day but christmas it hurts that little bit more than it does the other 364 days of the year but i I knew that my nan wouldn't want me to be moping around and would want me to make christmas magical for my children just like she made christmas magical for her children and her grandchildren but it was hard it was hard to go into that spirit but Around the time of my nan's anniversary, it just clicked with me that it was Christmas in like four days and it was, it just switched and I just couldn't wait. Like, I was so excited. I started putting Christmas films on, I was buzzing for it, and it was just mad how, how quickly it, it changed for me. Now, in my job, I've mentioned in the, in the first podcast that I look after people with autism. I'm a manager of a service with free. Um, autistic lads in it, and Christmas there is amazing. It really is amazing. I've I've worked every Christmas last year was my first Christmas off, and I was only off because of me nan's passing. But I've worked every Christmas now for for eight years. Christmas day every single year because I love it there. I absolutely love it. Like the magic's still there for them, no matter how old they get. The Christmas magic is still there. They still run out shouting Santa and we're talking about 28 year old lads here but they still absolutely love it and that magic is it's amazing i couldn't explain it and if you do the same similar type of job to me you'll understand but it's amazing so i couldn't wait for that to be honest like although i was in work christmas day for me it was like well Leo's not going to understand it he will next year i can get next year off because we alternate the years and this year I need that little bit of, of magic, that little bit of oomph back into me and, and it, it worked to be honest. When I when I finished work and got to Leo, I was like Buddy Father Christmas. I was like so merry, so happy, couldn't wait to get home for him. Um It was amazing, but the build-up for them four or five days before Christmas, it's finally sunk in. Like, this was my first Christmas as a dad, and that's when it started to mean so much more to me. So, as you all know from the past few episodes, me and Soph got a lot of firsts taken away from us with Leo, given how he was born and the trauma around that. So, to be a dad at Christmas for the first time, that instantly becomes so important to me, because whether you have another kid or... I've got the next however many Christmases I'm blessed to be on the planet for with Leo. I'm always going to be a dad, them Christmases. This year was the first time I was a dad at Christmas, and I'll never get that first back, if that makes sense. So if I have another child, say, in two years, their first Christmas will be their first Christmas, but it won't be my first Christmas as a dad because that was this year. So the excitement, it hit me. I, I probably on me nan's anniversary. To be honest, when I was just thinking about me nan and I thought, "You need to get your head in, into gear, Matthew. Like your nan would be fuming about you being miserable over Christmas. She'd be livid. She'd be telling me to make it magical for me son. And it just clicked in my head. Like this is my first Christmas as a dad. Like this is one of one of the first in his life. And I just instantly become the most merry person on the planet. Then to be honest with you, it was like rolling back the years a little bit to when christmas was was amazing and the magic just comes straight straight back to me and even going into work christmas eve like so i worked christmas eve into christmas day and knowing when i left for work that i weren't going to see leo until christmas evening was was tough it was really tough but it helped knowing that every other year i'll be there and next year he's going to know it that bit more you'll be able to pull paper not fully understand what's going on because he'll only be just over one but it's he'll understand more than he will at six seven weeks old um so that helped me with going into work but now when i had to wait to see him on christmas day that hurt and that was hard it was really really hard um especially when christmas morning after all the presents and all that had, had happened in work and then we start cooking the dinner for them that's and i was like i can't wait to go home. i can't wait to go home. and i'm never like that in work i absolutely love my job and I was just sad, like, I can't wait to go home. Can't wait to go I Can't wait to go home, just to see Leo. And like, Sophie sent me pictures first thing Christmas morning, saying, "Happy Christmas, Daddy!" With a picture of Leo, and I felt like crying. Like, honestly, like when you become a father, d- your emotions just go through the roof. It's so hard to explain it, but. I just couldn't wait to get home to him. And I'm so glad that Soph got to wake up obviously Christmas morning as a mom, because she's so used to waking up Christmas morning without me there. Because I, like I say, I used to always work them because I used to have the philosophy of, I don't have kids, so I'll work it and let the ones who do have kids have it off. Um, so uh, me and Soph have never, ever, ever spent a Christmas morning together. We did last year actually, because um, I was off on, on grievance because of me nan. And obviously it wasn't it wasn't the best of days to be honest it was probably one of the hardest days of my life last Christmas so I know it meant a lot for Soph to be able to wake up with the baby she stayed in her mum's Christmas Eve so that she weren't waking up just on her own on Christmas Day and she loved it like waking up with Leo and going downstairs and her mum and her dad are made up because it's their first Christmas as grandparents and the just the whole vibe for Soph and Leo it was fantastic and i had a fantastic christmas in work to be honest i really did it was bossy and them so happy and smiling and just loving life and it proper got me that christmas spirit back and then when i got home i was like well got to South mum's because i went to South mum's after work and to get South and leo and when i've seen them, i just wanted to cry because i was just like oh my god it's christmas like happy christmas son and uh oh, it the feeling of your first christmas as a dad that feeling is unmatched it it's so good knowing that like you get to bring that christmas spirit that you grew up with to your kids and stuff it's it's so amazing and I, I know his age he doesn't really know and me and soph didn't actually well did we get him a christmas present i think we got him a few bits of clothes but we opened them uh, and then obviously sos mom and sos family and stuff got him a lot of presents my family got him presents because he's so young it was like well It seems pointless to go mad this Christmas, but believe me, next Christmas that baby will be spoiled by me. Um, But it was just boss, like obviously the magic of Christmas of like like, opening all these presents for him and stuff, and knowing that, seeing how happy like Soph was, and just being together—it's probably the best Christmas of my life, honestly. And I worked most of it. (laughs) It really was the best Christmas of my life. Like just being a dad, that feeling. Of knowing that like in a few years my son's gonna be so 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 excited and so happy for Christmas it just fills me with so so much joy and the only down like I said this year was working and having to wait to see him but the job I do it Christmas is boss it's so good there but I can't wait for next year already I can't wait for Christmas next year he still probably won't understand it that much um but I'm gonna be off Christmas Eve and I'm gonna be off Christmas Day, so I get to wake up with them for the first time as a dad, and it'll be my and Souf's first Christmas where it's happy and not like it was last year, which I'm so excited for because I do feel sorry for Souf that in all the ta years we've been together, we've never woke up with each other on Christmas morning, and we've lived together for years. We've been married for going into our second year and we've never woke up and had a nice christmas morning like i said last year was the first one i ever had off and i was really really down in the dumps last christmas so i'm excited for next year to give soph a magical christmas as well because we've never had that as a couple which is a bit mad um because it's not long we've been together but you gotta work you gotta work um but yeah the christmas this year was fantastic the feelings The only thing I was sat thinking was, we need more storage. Like, we got so many presents for Leo. And he was seven weeks old. Now imagine when he's like seven years old and you've just got all the stuff he wants. Do you know what I mean? It's just... And he got all of our stuff on top. Like, so family bought him a lot of clothes for Christmas this year, which I was so thankful for because he can wear them and they get stored in his wardrobe. My mother, however, decided to buy him loads of toys. Um, (laughs) So... You can't use them yet either. they like 12 months plus, which you'll be one by the time next Christmas comes. Um, so we'll be using toys from this year next Christmas and then getting more stuff. But she means well. And it's just like to spoil her grandkids. But I was just sat there thinking, I need more storage. Where are all these boxes going for 12 months? And, I just felt like a proper dad. Like, the minute presents got open, walking in with a bin bag, like, put your rubbish in that. Like, that's what dads do, isn't it? And that's what my dad used to always do. That Christmas morning, you'd be sat open, you'd be ripping, wrapping paper off. Couldn't wait to go into your presents, and your dad was just stood there with a with a bin bag, throwing, wrapping paper in, as surprised as you was to everything you were getting, because the, the mums saw Christmas. Um, but that is different with me and Sophie, because I want to be the one to help saw Christmas. Christmas is so special to me, so... It'll be a bit, I won't be surprised already. presents Leo gets, but I was a bit like a dad would put the wrapping paper in their sofa and we're opening presents off our family and that. And yeah, it was just amazing. It really was amazing. And seeing our family's reactions to, babies make everyone feel better, don't they? Like they really, really do. And on Christmas, seeing everyone wanting to hold Leo and have cuddles with Leo and the face just lighting up when he's looking at them and stuff. That was a brilliant feeling as well seeing how happy my son is making other people on Christmas. It was just the most heartwarming feeling in the world, to be honest. And like I said, I didn't really have much of a Christmas because of work. But what I did have of Christmas was magical. It really was magical. And it was the best Christmas of my life, to be honest. It really was. And that that's a lot for me to say that. Because I didn't think I'd ever imagine Christmas being better than when my nan was around. But that first one as a dad just hit different to any Christmas I've ever had in my life. So it was nice. It was really, really nice. Um, And Leo, finally. So me and Soph, I bought Leo his Christmas Day outfit long before he was even born. Obviously, Soph wanted to have a photo of, of our, like our first family photo on Christmas so I went and got myself a, a nicer than usual Christmas Day outfit just thinking all about this nice picture of, me, of us of our first Christmas um. and obviously you'll get one every single year now so we can just see the progression of of us aging and our son getting older and stuff like that um. and we bought this outfit not to free because we thought well by Christmas he'll he'll be at least a month old, he, he'll fit into a 0-3, and we were so wrong, he literally fitted into 0-3 on the 22nd of December, not and, not and went near him until then, we were trying every 0-3, it was hanging off him, he was still in the newborn phase for like six weeks, which is up to one month, he was still in that, which is mad, because he was born a decent weight, to be honest, but it was still just like Oh my god! Like it's not gonna fit them. We haven't got another outfit for Christmas Day. We've only we've, we had to go out, which we have said in the podcast previously. Make sure you get loads of newborn because you don't know how much you're gonna need. Because we were constantly going out buying newborn outfits for him because we had most of our stuff was naught to three. Because foolishly we thought when the baby's born they go in naught to three, and then when they turn three months they go in three to six. But obviously every baby grows differently, just like every person grows differently. So I don't know why we ever thought that, but we did. And he had this really cute moschino you know, um jumpsuit. It was really, really cute with a little teddy bear, machino teddy bear with like a Christmas hat on and it was it was boss and it was like you couldn't he couldn't wear it like say in the middle of March because it's got a, it's a Christmas themed play suit. So he had to wear it on Christmas time. And <clears throat> up like we tried it on him, I think about the 18th, 19th of December, and it was swimming on him. We were like, oh my god, what are we gonna do? We put it on him on the 23rd of December and it fitted him. Just, just fitted him. Like, you could see that it was still a little bit big. But then Christmas Day, when he was in it, he he was firing in it. Like, it looked like it was he was in the right size and it wasn't too big. And it's mad how it, that was when I first sort of realised just how quick he's actually growing. Because we were counting down for him to get into this stupid Machino play suit and we were like oh my what happens if he doesn't fit in it like we've got literally baby girls otherwise and he fitted into it praise the lord which was amazing because we've got so many clothes in North to three because that's all we bought when we were waiting for him to come we've got so much and now we're sat here like well if he fits into three to six months when he's three months we've literally got a month to get through all of his nice outfits we bought for what we thought was his first few months so it was a learning curve. Um, that's my advice for you. If you are a first-time dad, just buy a few newborn, buy a few naught to three. When the baby comes out, then make a judgment. Don't go and buy loads of noughts of three. Like we bought enough not of three to last them probably three months with, like, nice outfits for days out, so loads of baby grows, several – because, obviously, they change several times in a day when they sick on themselves, poo through the nappy, all that good stuff – and we had loads of nought to free 3 where now we've probably got too much nought to Free unless he does fit in it for like two months. It's best advice. I said it on a few podcasts ago. It's going to say it again. Do not overbuy baby girls because I promise you now you're just going to get it wrong because you're going to buy loads of newborn. He's going to come out or she's going to come out massive and you're going to have newborn for about a week or you're going to have to counteract, which is what we had, where he comes out small and newborn fits him for like six weeks and nought-to-three doesn't go near him. So... Just just don't buy too much of one thing thinking, oh, he'll be in that when he's out. Because that stress of thinking he's not going to fit into his Christmas Day outfit, which cost a bit of money, to be fair. Like, it's obviously a little designer suit, but I want him to look the best on Christmas because, obviously, we weren't buying loads of toys and stuff for Christmas because he's only a few weeks old. So, in my eyes, I wanted to spoil him with a nice outfit. And yeah, there was a very good chance he weren't going to fit into it. But he did, which is good. And everyone commented about how well-dressed he was Christmas Day. So I was sat there like, yeah, go on, Leo. You fit your outfit. Everyone thinks you look gorgeous. Fantastic. We won. <laughs> um, but, yeah, it was it, it was amazing seeing him go into nought to three. Got loads of boss outfits he can wear now. He can finally wear his good pull kit. He fits into them, which is a big one for me. He's um, got one Lidpool baby girl up until now that he fitted in. And now he's got loads that he fits in. So he can wear a different one for every match. And, yeah. We still haven't dropped points since Leo's been born. So he's a good luck charm. But this isn't a Liverpool podcast. It's a baby podcast. Back to baby. Um, New Year. New Year, me and Soph made the spontaneous decision. I'd say spontaneous because the baby is still very young. And it's very rare you see babies sleep out away from you at seven weeks old. Um, But we made the decision to, to go out New Year and, <clears throat> and celebrate it. Now, one of the big reasons for this was, like Christmas, New Year was bo- a big thing for me nan. And my mum and dad used to go out every new year and we'd stay in my nan's every single new year as children. And it was boss. Like, at 12 o'clock, she'd have you out in the front, throwing salt over your shoulder, speaking to all of her neighbours. She'd have a, a hissy fit about what person walked through the front door first, like comparing hair colours, saying the darkest needs to walk through the door first. And... I just used to love New Year with my nan. I spent every new year growing up with my nan and my granddad and then when when my granddad passed with my nan and with my cousins who stayed there New Year, there was a few of us who stayed every new year and I loved it and I'd said to Soph last year we we'd stayed in. Um so wasn't pregnant so we could have gone out but we stayed in because I was just proper down in the dumps last year. And I said to Soph a few weeks ago, before Leo was born, that I wanted to go out this this Christmas, this new year and go around to me, mate Declan's who has a party every year and just be with my best mates, be with Soph and just enjoy it with no worries, no stress. And so agreed, which I was quite surprised that to be honest with you, I didn't think she'd want to want the baby to stay out. um, Cause we're going to Iceland. One of her wedding presents off me with wedding anniversary presents was a trip to Iceland and we're going there in April and you can see she's a little bit anxious because she's not going to be with the baby for four days. Um, so I didn't think she'd say yet yeah to New Year, but he had his first sleepover. Like That was mad. He stayed in Soph's mum's, who is besotted by him. We, obviously, we know he's in good hands. It's not like we were like, oh, is, is he okay? <clears throat> we put him in a chat who we don't know, and all all that. Bother. He was in Soph's mum's. He spent New Year with Soph's mum, dad, and brother, I think. And me and Soph finally got to go out and Soph got to enjoy yourself a bit because obviously women stay off with the baby and they're pretty much confined to a house for nine months while the men go to work, which I know is the right thing to do. But when you think about it, the women have it tough to sit in a house with a brand new baby. They have no real human interaction other than visitors coming around. They're just them and a baby that can't talk to them it's mentally very very draining to be honest and that's why for me i think women are the real superheroes of this of this world to be honest like when they have a baby the what the body goes through and it just doesn't stop once they have the baby because then they've then got to raise that baby pretty much on their own while the man's working for at least the first nine months of their life which is it's hard so i wanted so to to go out and enjoy yourself and let her hair down a little bit and that's exactly what she done, to be honest. So Leo had his first sleepover. <clears throat> the feelings about leaving him With us for the first time, it wasn't that bad for me because I do night shifts in work. So I had to leave him after two weeks. When I went back to work after he was born, two weeks later, I had to go back onto my night shifts and <clears throat> I do like two night shifts a week with my day shifts as well. And I that <clears throat> I I'm used to it now i'm more than used to it now because i've been i'm back into that routine but then first few nights away from leo were the, some of the hardest nights of my life thinking is he okay is soph okay like what happens if she needs help and there's no one there and all this palaver when in reality there's loads of people here because like we have very close family and friends and stuff like that but it was so first time leaving leo ever she has never ever spent longer than a, a couple of hours uh, away from, away from Leo, ever, since he was born, <clears throat> like she went to get her nails done, Um, that's the longest she's been away from, from him, so I could tell that, she was a bit apprehensive, but she was a lot more calm, knowing that, the baby was in her mum's, Sophie's mum, is and dad are fantastic with kids, so there was no worry with that, it was just the worry of missing him, and she only missed them. <laughs> she did miss him, but it's a lot more, when her mum sent a picture of him, like, so we was in my mate, she was enjoying herself having a few drinks and then her mum sent a pitch and she was like, oh, I want to be with, I want to be with them so much. And I had to like, like say, so like, no, like Sophie, you've got to enjoy yourself as well, like blah, blah, blah. And we ended up having a boss night, to be honest with you. Um, I wanted to come home about one o'clock, if so continued partying until 5am. So I was knackered, bladded, you name it. When we come home, I was done in. And I just couldn't wait for my bed. And then Soph, who had the first opportunity as lie in, So Leo weren't coming home New Year's Day until half four. And Soph had the opportunity to sleep in bed till pretty much 4.25 if she wanted to. She was up at 10. Went to bed at five and up at 10, five hours sleep. And then functioned on it. I was like, what are you doing? You've got your baby free. Get your head down. She's like, I'm not a <clears throat> minute the baby come in. She was like, I'm knackered, you know. I was just like... You just can't win with women, honestly. It's like, are you messing? You've had all day to sleep. You said you weren't tired, but now the minute Leo's home, like 10 minutes later, the the tiredness kicks in. And I was telling him all day, nap, 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 nap. Because I napped and I still felt grim. And I went to match on New Year's Day. And I still felt grim the whole 90 minutes. It was one of the best Liverpool games of the year. And I still felt grim the whole game because I was proper, proper hungover. So God knows how she got through it, having a baby on a hangover. Because when I got home from the match, I still felt grim. And then you have to be a dad, and you're like, oh, I'm so over." And it was just, it's, it's just life, I suppose, isn't it? But it was it was nice from Travis' first sleepover, and I think it's important as well. That's obviously everyone has their own opinions on when the baby should sleep out at like Nan and Granddad's and stuff like that. But for me and Soph, we're both, I was so close to my Nan, and Sophie's so close to hers that we want the baby to grow up being so close to his Nan and Granddad's as well like we want him to have that relationship where he will stay there and he looks forward to sleepovers there and we don't want to be them parents who are very clingy, say the, ba- the, the baby never stays out, the baby doesn't leave our arms sort of thing. And I think it was important for us to allow him to sleep out. And plus the fact when we go to Iceland in April, that's for four days and we're out the country. So I feel like it, for so man mindset, she wanted the baby to stay out as well a few times before we go away just purely so that she can shake just just so we're not throwing it on somebody i know it's only going to be our parents but to throw a newborn baby at them we're going away now and he's never stayed out before and at this point he'd be like six months old five six months old and he's never been away from us It, it could it could make him more stressed so i feel like it was important that he did stay out it was mad to know it was the first time he'd never been with any of us Obviously, when I'm in work on night shifts, I can just pick up a phone and ring So, and go, How is he? blah, 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 which we could do with a mum, but we was also out. So it, she wouldn't hear you. It's not fair to ring a mum and be like, Hello, is he all right? And there's music blasting and stuff like that. So it was a bit of a mad feeling for Soph. She really, really missed it when we came home. And obviously, his next to me was empty and he weren't in it. Virgil stayed there as well, but Virgil stays in Soph's mum's all the time. He absolutely loves it. If you say to Virgil, who's the dog for any new listener. Um, if you say to our dog, do you want to go to your nan's? He sprints to the door. He, he, he adores me and Sophie Virgil. He absolutely adores us. <clears throat> but I genuinely think that Sophie's mum is his, is his person. He absolutely idolises her. So he stayed there as well. God help Sophie's mum and dad when I think about this. They had a wild dog <laughs> and a baby for their new year. Um, but they absolutely loved her. And one thing I was so proud of is Virgil's being, I've said on a few podcasts, absolutely amazing with the baby he's been so so well behaved so well mannered he just sits there staring at him he's brilliant with him but i was a bit worried about new year because and that's again another reason why he wanted Leah to stay out with virgil because when we go to iceland they've got four days without us but he was amazing like social mom said he just lied there watching the baby because they had the next to me in their room they put virgil's bed right by the door so it was in a different place to usual and Virgil just went into his bed at, at bedtime, just lied down, fell asleep, happy as Larry. Um, and yeah, it was it was brilliant. Like for them, Soph mum and dad really, really loved spending the new year with the baby and the dog. Me and Soph got to go out and enjoy ourselves, And I think that's important. If you're, a, if you're a new parent and you've got the support networks there, utilize them well, because yeah, You've just become a parent and it's your job to raise your child but that shouldn't mean that you'd never go out with your friends ever again that should mean that you never go out as a couple again because like for example i've been the pub over christmas with my mates and soph's stayed in soph's going out with her mates for a birthday tomorrow and i'm staying in but it's rare when you have a child that you can go out and enjoy time as a couple and i think it's important that you do utilize support networks that you have in order to go and spend time as a couple, go and have a nice house as a couple and still do the things you did before the baby. You don't want the baby, it sounds mad to say you don't want the baby to take over your life, but you don't. You don't want your life to instantly be everything we do is with the baby. If you've got that support network. Now I know some people aren't as fortunate enough to have that support network and for them to go out as a couple, they not need childminders and stuff like that. And if me and Sophie was in that position, It'd probably be a long time before Leo stayed out. But we're very fortunate that we've got our mums and dads who literally would fight each other to mind the baby and stuff. So I think it's important that you do utilise that and you do still spend time as a couple and make sure that your relationship is, is still healthy and thriving and spending time together just you two, as well as being parents. Because otherwise that that could kill you. It's like literally where... You, He's never spent time together. He's never socialized together because I didn't want that and neither did Soph for us to never spend time as a couple anymore because we used to have such a good time together with our friends. And obviously a lot of my friends, girlfriends and friends with Soph because we've all been with our partners a long time. So it's like one big massive friendship group and it was important that we still made sure we'd done things with that friendship group. So it was brilliant. It really was a nice new year and it was nice to spend time just me and Soph again. It was nice for Soph to let her hair down because obviously she hasn't been able to drink since last Christmas, and I have a nice time, social time, and it was really, really heartwarming for me to see Sophie really enjoy herself and have a laugh with my mates and with their partners, rather than being sleep deprived and stressed all the time. So it was nice to see Sophie really enjoy herself, and it was nice to to enjoy myself with Sophie as well. So Christmas was fantastic. New Year was fantastic. It was one of the best holiday periods of my life, honestly. Like, I had a really good time spending it with Sophie and the baby and with family, and I couldn't have asked for a better Christmas. And, yeah, it was amazing being a dad at Christmas. Yeah, the, we thought, like, let's just finish it off on... We've still got a few things to talk about, but just bringing you up to date, Ray, with the last few weeks of... Can't we spent half an hour speaking about Christmas and New Year. It's a week, a week out the year, and i spent half an hour speaking about it. Uh, um, but the last few weeks of Leo... Um, I've been the best, most reward of a few weeks as a dad. I'm probably going to say that every podcast, I'll be honest, because every single week is genuinely the best week of my life, over and over and over and over and over again. I feel like I'm in that film, Groundhog Day, where every single week is the same thing, but it's amazing. I absolutely love it. I love waking up in the morning and seeing the baby. I love going to sleep at night knowing I'm going to wake up and see my baby every single day. It's, oh, it's amazing, but... The last few weeks of Leo have been so, so nice and rewarding and it's been amazing. So he started to smile, which I got his very first smile, which pff, that was amazing. Like I said, we've missed out on a lot of firsts. So to get his first smile, oh, it melted my me heart. I, my heart felt full. It, had, it was the weirdest feeling in the world. But when he first smiled at me and it wasn't a wind smile because you get wind smiles from like they want really... But he had, he was, like, hours past his bottle, like, from his last one. He was, like, two hours till his next bottle, right in the middle, no wind. He just woke up. And you're like, hi, Leo. And he's just sat there giggling away at me. And it was the first time he's ever smiled. And it was the best feeling in the world. And I had to go to work. <laughs> so I was driving to work, thinking, oh, my God, he's just smiled for the first time. And I've had to go to work. That's the crap thing of being a dad, that you do have to go to work. And, and yeah, you do you do miss things. But I was so happy to see his first smile, because I might not see, hear his first word, Soph will, because she's with him all the time, but I might not be at home when he says his first word, when he crawls for the first time, when he walks for the first time, when he tries food for the first time, all this first that is still yet to come, I don't know how many of them I'm going to witness. For, like, I'll witness it for the first time when, he ha- when I see it, but for his actual first time, I don't know how many of them I'm going to witness. So to see him smile for the first time was, pff, it was amazing. It really was. And now he just doesn't stop smiling. When you speak to him, he's smiling back at you. He started to get an attitude. Now I thought when you have a kid, you get at least 16 years before they start answering you back and telling you to do one. Leo is seven weeks old, eight weeks this week. And he's already started to shout back at me. And so Now, he's shouting back, God bloody but he's shouting back at us, and it's amazing. I I am so happy. He's very advanced, to be fair, for his age. I mean, it's our first child, so I am going to be biased, but he is quite advanced. Like, the stuff that I think you see online, with like, they should be doing this, are uh, four months, and Leo's doing it now. Like, if you hold Leo up, he's pushing down his legs, and he, he wants to stand up, and he's, like, seven, eight weeks old on Sunday. Like, crazy, crazy, but grow up so quick, but yeah, he started to smile, he started to like talk back at you. Um I know it sounds bad to say that. Well it's a baby, he's not sat there going, All right, dad, we go to match. It's not like that it's more like, eh, eh. But he's doing it when you speak to him, you go, You okay? And he goes, Yeah like Darren and then smiles and it's like they're trying to communicate with you in their own little way. And it's just amazing because you're just communicating with your son, like, wow, it is seven weeks old and you can communicate with him and when you come in the door after work and he just smiles looking at you and gets all excited and starts kicking his arms and his legs it's the best feeling in the world coming home from work now i used to love coming home from work to so she's gonna be sassy, listening like you cheeky guess we've been we've been living together for like four or five years and you're telling me that you're only excited coming from work now but i am honestly because like, Soph doesn't, when I walk in, doesn't have a big smile, start waving and dancing and that. The baby does. It's like the best thing in his day is seeing me coming from work. And, pff, it's the best thing in my day, seeing him. Honestly, it, it's amazing. really is amazing. Um, and it puts, it puts night times, it, it makes up for them, to be honest, Um, is it? he's been all right now to be honest but the last few weeks since the last podcast he has had a lot of bad nights um which is like the six seven week regression of sleeping they've got growth spares starting to grow more starting to fill out the body more put more weight on it's you're hitting all like developmental markers and obviously leo's obviously been hitting them but it does affect the sleep because obviously they've got like a bit of growing pains not sleeping as much to fit the, the body clock starting to adjust to what's nighttime and what's daytime uh, rather than when the brand brand new they just sleep bottle sleep bottle sleep bottle sleep bottle where Leo's now starting to get into that phase where he just wants to be awake and doing sensory time doing tummy time smacking a rattle in, in his back in his little chair and stuff like that and that that's just the age app up so then few weeks when they're figuring out what nighttime and what daytime is, do expect to lose some sleep and don't think that oh, I've got me babies. it's one of them naughty ones because that's what we thought Because Leo has been an absolute dream since he since he come out the womb. He has been a dream baby goes four hours between feeds which some babies go every hour so if you're one of them who goes every hour hats off to you we have never had that and we feel so incredibly blessed sometimes Leo even goes as long as five and a half six hours between feeds but he does have a more bigger feed than most babies do at his age um i'll get on to that in a minute but the night times around six seven weeks become a lot harder uh, because of obviously all these things happening and they're figuring out the day and the night and stuff like that and we didn't know we just thought leo was was getting a bit more unsettled and and stuff and we looked into it, and it, it's just genuinely common practice around that age they they have a six-week growth spurt which affects the sleeping and stuff it lasts for about three or four days and then back to normal so it's only been the past few nights where leo's went back to back to what he was like last night he has his bottle straight back asleep wakes up four or five hours later as a bottle straight back asleep so we're only waking up for like half an hour 45 minutes in a whole night that is it and we've been like that since he was born which we're very incredibly blessed that he's like that but he goes he's, he's on six ounce bottles now if you pause the podcast a minute and go online and type in can a seven week old baby have six ounce bottles Loads of forums saying no, they shouldn't be. They should be having four, five ounces every one, two hours. And I was when Leo was draining, and I mean draining, and still sucking the bottle after five ounces. It was me mum and so when who said if he's hungry, give him that little bit more, and I was very dubious to do so because everything online says don't. So when we went to was the health visitor, we we have a health. Place a health visitor place, but right by our house, which is open every single week on a Tuesday for us to get the baby weighed, ask any questions, things like that. So when Sophie went there, she said like he has been draining five ounce bottles. So we've started to give him six, but everything online tells us not to. And the health visitor said, well, if the baby's hungry, give it to him. So that's a bit of advice I want to give you. If your baby's hungry and demanding that feed, just feed them. If you go online for Leo's age, he shouldn't be having six ounce bottles, but he wants them. And he's drinking them, so why not? Online tells me he should be having four ounces. Now, if I give Leo a four ounce bottle, he probably will be happy with it. But he's gonna wake up two hours later and want another four ounce bottle. Wait, if he has a six ounce bottle and he sleeps five six hours, and then there's another six ounce bottle. He's still getting the same intake of milk. He's just preferring more at once. Like there's some babies who who have a feed two ounces every single hour. Now, we've not done anything differently to get Leo to drink more and go longer. He's just been like that since he came out of the womb. But so far wasn't a big eater anyway. Never, ever has been. Someone who eats loads of food, He literally has like one or two meals a day, every day. That's it. So he's probably been bloody starving in the air stomach, to be honest. And I know I would have been. But no, he's been like that since he came out. I think he, he was on four ounces on day one in the hospital. He was drinking four ounces. So I think he's just one of them babies who loves his milk and... We was dubious, but I just want to say it is okay. If your baby is if you're making five ounce bottles and they're draining it every single feed, that probably more than likely means up it. So Leo every single feed was draining five ounces and was taking a lot of time to settle. So we upped it just to the night time to six and he was draining that. And then we were like, we went to health it. So they said no, give him six constantly, and you'll notice the difference. Now that was four days ago and we've given him six ounces for every feed for the last four days he's settling down so much better a night he's like just going longer between bottles sometimes he'll drink four ounces sometimes he'll drain the six ounces but you're giving him that option to choose the amount of food he wants to choose when he's full he'll stop so when his mouth stops opening and taking that bottle he's full now that might be after four ounces like this morning for example he only drank four ounces when he woke up but then the feed he had four hours after that he drank six and drained it so it, it just depends really and on how much he want but I've been making six ounces for Leo for the past four days every bottle and more often than not he drinks it but he'll never drain it he'll always leave a little bit in the bottle and then obviously once he starts to drain six ounces every single feed then it's going to up him to seven because the health visitors have told us that that's fine so That's one thing I would say. Don't believe everything you see online. I've said that in so many episodes now of the podcast. Do not believe everything that you see online and hear online because that's just another person's opinion. Like, this is my opinion. But my opinion also is being asked by an NHS health visiting professional, whatever the exact title is for them, health visitor that's all i know the man's it's an nhs professional who's told me it's fine so my advice comes with solid facts rather than online saying oh no you shouldn't do that the back of the tin says you only feed this sod the back of the tin your baby's hungry feed it that's what the is visitor told me that's off the nhs don't believe me ask your health visitor promise you they'll tell you the same because if they're all saying different stuff then let me know because i'd be a bit more concerned then um but yeah it, it, the past few weeks have been being fantastic and he went back into that old chair. If you remember, on the first episode, I was saying, don't buy the all old singing, all old dancing chairs because for some reason, they don't like it. We went to South Mum's and was like, every time he comes to yours, he settles in that chair. Like, clockwork, we're, we're taking that. We went and bought another one of, one of the, the exact same chairs today. day. Um, but we've got two chairs in the house now. We've got the all old singing, all old dancing one that costs a lot of money that Leo absolutely hates. And we've got a chair that grows with him that will last until he's about four and it can sit up and lie down and do all different, like, motions on it. Just doesn't rock or play music like the all-singing, old all-dancing old one does. But at the minute, it just lies down, it vibrates, and Leo absolutely loves it. Now, if I pick him up out of that chair and put him in the all-singing, all-dancing one, he'll scream the house down. So, the moral of the story is, usually the cheaper chairs probably better, because that's what it's been like for us. I do hope that eventually he does like that all-singing, all-dancing chair, or I'll feel very stupid forgetting it when everyone told me or my family to just get the bog-standard chair. I thought, oh, no, technology these days, got to get them the best one. But it was stupid, but we mentioned that in another episode, but he is back to the old chair, and he's loving it, and that helps as well. I do think the vibrations does help settle babies. Um, could be wrong, but for our baby, it definitely really helps settle them. So if you have got an all-singing, old all-dancing old chair and your baby hates it, just try and get, get one. I think ours is an in one. It's just literally a chair that vibrates and you put batteries in and the chair vibrates and then you turn it off when they're asleep. And that's it. it it's so simple. It doesn't swing, doesn't play music, does nothing but vibrate. But Leo absolutely loves it. It's probably the favourite thing that he owns, honestly. He loves going in that chair and watching Dancing Fruits. Now, Dancing Fruits, it's so good, but it's so bloody mentally draining for you honestly, it is horrendous, I am sick and tired of hearing, (laughs) and just seeing this pineapple smiling at me, dancing around my screen, it is grim, but Leo loves it, so we love it too, (laughs) honestly, it's so grim, but it's it's amazing, honestly, it's so good for the babies, and it's not like, oh, we don't want to stick my baby behind the telly, because it's not like Leo sits there for 12 hours a day watching dancing fruit you get about 30 minutes 40 minutes a day watching that but that does then allow you when that's on to go and cook the tea do some washing clean your house up because i promise you like if, if every baby is similar to Leo, and I know I've asked a few dads, This is I've actually done a bit, a bit of a survey and asked a few dads, and every single one said the same thing about this dancing fruit. It's amazing. It's really amazing. And whoever thought of it is a genius because it's literally just a black screen with really bright fruit that jumps around the screen with a smiley face. That's it. And they're probably multi, multi-millionaires off it. It's, but it's amazing because it allows the baby to focus the mind onto the fruit rather than... Just being a like not in there because if you watch, say, a normal TV show, you can't, you obviously there's loads going on where we're dancing fruits, it's just a black screen with some little images of fruit smiling. I promise you now, it'll be funny and brilliant seeing how happy they are for the first week or so, then it will do your head in because it's the same tune on repeat constantly, the same fruits on repeat constantly. But if Leo loves it, we love it too. That's the motto. <laughs> I'm just thankful that he's not on to Miss Rachel yet because pff, can I be asked with that? I have heard be made kid on that and pff, not for me that, you know. But he's going to have to because it delays so much. But her voice is so annoying. That and Blippi. I know they're so good for kids. And I'd encourage stuff like that to all kids. But get yourself some earplugs if you're going to have to sit listening to that for long stints because I think by the time Miss Rachel comes round, I may invest in a pair of earplugs because I couldn't listen to that voice for hours every day. But Dancing Fruits, it's so, so, so good. I'd encourage it for any parent to to try it. So when the brand, brand new, Leo used to watch the black and white Dancing Fruit uh, and he's seven weeks, nearly eight weeks old and now he watches the colourful one and he loves it. It's so funny. He lies in a chair like his arms are flying everywhere, he's kicking, he's smiling, he's like talking back to it, with like a, eh, eh. Like all happy listening to it. And it's just a pineapple dancing around the screen, happy as Larry. So I would urge everyone and anyone who's a new parent to try and listen to Hey Bear Sensory's Dancing Fruit. It's amazing. This isn't an ad, it's not sponsored, anything like that. It's just sheer amazing genius invention for children that's free it's on YouTube it is free you don't need to pay for it it's completely and utterly free you just need to tell you with YouTube on or your phone or an iPad or something like that for the baby to watch and I promise you when that's on you will get stuff done in your house for like even if it gives you 10 20 minutes of the baby being occupied and you can go and do a wash you can go and start the tea you can run a hoover around I promise you you'll be so happy with them 20 minutes that dancing fruit gives you do your head in the tune but it's so good. It's so, so good. And the last thing on the last few weeks I just expect more poo explosions on lots of them. You think, like, I was saying in the last podcast, I don't understand how Leo manages to poo up his back when he's got a nappy on. Yeah, well, the other day I took his nappy off and he hadn't pooed all day. And Soph said to me, like, he hasn't had a poo today, you know. And I was like, oh, come on, Leo, get one else." And the minute I said that... He must have just squeezed and the poo fired at me. All over me pants, all over me top. I'll spare you the, the images, but just if you've had a baby, you'll know what seven-week-old baby poo is like. If you haven't had a baby, well, just Google it because we're not going to go into details on just how grim it is. But it stinks because all obviously the have is milk. It really, really doesn't smell nice and it just it all over me. And you just sat there and you can't be annoyed. You're looking at all this poo all up you. And you're like, I can't even be a need because you're smiling at me when you do it and you just make it worth it. And it's, that's just being a dad, to be honest. Like you get poo explosions on you, up the back. But that was a first for me. I've been weed on by Leo a good few times, more times to even count, to be honest. But this is the first time he's pooed all over me and I was amazed, to be honest, how something so small can lie on his changing mat and fire a poo onto me. Like, I don't think I could do that. And I'm 29. So are all of these babies and all to do it? It's crazy, um. But yeah, present present day Leo. We'll go on to that after I've just given you a few tips. And I like to give you a few tips and a few gadgets to get towards the end of a podcast. Um, and I'm gonna start with the nubby bottle warmer. It's expensive, fifty pound we paid, but it's worth it. It is so, so worth it. So. You get a bottle warmer. If you get a prep machine, I think as it comes with the prep machine or the sterilizer from Tommy Tippy. You get this bottle warmer that's where meant to be, or warm your bottles up on the go. It's pointless because it needs an electrical. But I don't understand it. I said this on the last podcast. If you need to plug a bottle warmer in to warm your bottle up, wouldn't you be best just taking the prep machine? It's not that big anyway. It's about this big. Like I know you can't see me anymore because there's no visual on YouTube, but it's probably the size of say a prep machine's about two iPhones wide. And it's not that big. So if I'm going somewhere with an electrical output, why would I take a bottle warmer, which is actually heavier than the prep machine, to warm a bottle up and I can just do it out the prep machine? It's bizarre. But my mate Tom came round and he had the bottle warmer for his baby. He was three months old. A nubby one. And I was like, what's that? I had a look at it. It's the best invention in the world. It's so good. I'm actually going to do my very, very first little TikTok video about it this week. Maybe Saturday. You'll see it on my TikTok, which is tales of a first time Dad." i think i'll double check that for you as we're speaking but it's amazing so basically what well, it's tales of a first time dad follow me on TikTok. we're getting over four thousand views a video and i'm going to do a video on saturday i promise you right now tomorrow this podcast out today tomorrow um we're going to do a video showing you how to use a nubby bottle warmer but I'll try and explain it a little bit on the podcast now. But if you are really intrigued by this, head over to the TikTok or Instagram. I'll post it on there as well on how to use it. It's probably the best thing I've ever bought for for Leo in in the eight weeks he's been here. Yeah, it's fifty pounds. Seems expensive, but just think how often will you go on a day out with your baby and you've got to try and warm that bottle up or cool that bottle down. So with the bottle warmer, you get two. You get a grey one and a white one. And you pour boiling hot water from the kettle and the grey one and you take the white one empty so then when when leo wants a bottle we get we undo the boiling hot flask and we pour six ounces of water into the bottle we then pour that six ounces of boiling hot water into the white bottle and do is six scoops of powder we screw the lid on and shake it so you're mixing the powder and the and the rain water together and then you tilt it upside down and the little nubby light will go green which means perfect temperature too to feed so this white bottle is like a rapid cool bottle it cools it down to perfect bottle temperature within seconds you then pour that into your bottle and give it to the baby it's like a fresh bottle like you're making out the prep machine like whether you don't use prep machines and you just make them the old traditional way it is as fresh as having it like that because you're literally mixing the hot water and the powder together there and then and it's perfect temperature for the baby I even tried it on my wrist thinking this is still gonna be a bit warm it's the exact same temperature as a prep machine it's fantastic and at the minute, with six ounces, we can get about four, three, four bottles f- out of it for Leo. Um, But obviously, if you're out, <clears throat> say, for example, you go to the zoo and you're there hours and you've used all your water and you're about to need another bottle, you can get hot water pretty much anywhere, boiling hot water. In like cafes, you can just ask them to fill it up with a kettle of water all the way to the top and then there you go, a hey, presto. The only say downside... It, I don't see it as a downside because leo does feed every four hours if your baby feeds every hour you might have it a little bit difficult i seen in boots today <clears throat> for 80 pounds you get an extra white bottle so you have two white ones and one gray one with the white ones the rapid cool one you can't use it again for four hours after you've made a bottle with it because it takes that much time for the technology in the bottle to get back to where it is to make it rapid cool so it wouldn't be as effective if, say, for example, you used to do it and then an hour later do it again, it wouldn't cool it down as quick as it should. And it's not safe according to the instructions as well. So if your baby does feed more frequently than every two hours, I would hundred percent say it's worth the extra £30 to get the one for £80 with the two wrapper cools and the one hot water flask myself. Now obviously that's a lot of money. Um <clears throat> so i'm not going to say it's biblical go and buy it but i promise you it'll make your life a lot easier if you do like going on days out with with your baby because you've got no stress of making the bottles because you've literally got a portable prep machine in, in this rapid cool bottle and this hot flask it's amazing like i said i'll do a t- video on tiktok on saturday showing you how it works and i'll make a bottle from it and give it to leo so you can see it's all perfectly fine and i promise you you'll be amazed i've never seen anything like it until my mate show me it. And for me, it's the best £50 I have ever spent on the baby in the eight weeks of his life. Genuinely the best bit of money I've ever spent. That and a powder holder. Now, you might be sat there thinking, well, you get powder holders with your prep machine. But them little tubs only hold your powder for one bottle. Unless you've got a scoop to fill it to the brim and then measure it back out again when you're making the bottle. You put If you have on six ounce bottles, you put six scoops in the little tub. Now, this for me, I'm just lazy, so this might be as convenient to me. You might sit there and think I'm not bothered about taking five little tubs out with me. I was, because I was just like, well, five tubs, what happens if one splits out? It opens, and you've got powder all over your, your bag, whatever. So, I, my, again, same friend who showed me another bottle said you can get powder holders that have multiple compartments. So, when I was ordering the bottle warmer on Amazon, which, to be honest, I'm going to put a link to this bottle warmer and this powder holder on me linked tree i think that's what it's called the link tree Um, if you go on instagram or tiktok i've got a link tree which has got links to every aspect of the podcast whether it be apple spotify youtube google the instagram the tiktok contact us all on one page and i think it, if you go on to link i think it's called the link tree it's called um link ee slash tales of a first time dad all of our links for everything to do with the podcast are on there but if you do want to make it easier just head over to our Instagram first time dad podcast and click the link in the bio it's got all of our links there but I'm going to attach a link to this powder holder and also this bottle warmer literally so people can just find it easy you know you're getting the same one I'm on about then. So it'll be in it'll be in that link. I'm gonna figure out a way to do it. I think I can just copy and paste the Amazon link into Linktree and it'll do it. I don't know. Not very good with that side of technology. Feel a bit old when it comes to technology like that. But we'll give it a go. It took me three days to add all the links onto this Linktree. So we'll try and add these other two for you. But we got a man, pile the holder and it's got three compartments, three little lids and it's like one tub. And you literally just fill you up, so six scoops in each compartment. Put the lid back on. So when we go out, in our little bag, we've got the bottle warmer, the wrapper cooler, and a tub. One tub instead of having three tubs, we've got one tub which will do three bottles, and it's separated into your six scoops. So you're not there like rooting for your bag. pulling a tub. I go, oh, we've used that one. Rooting for another one. You just pull your thing back out. does and then you know how many feeds you've got left. We just bought one of them because for us, three feeds is twelve hours. If your baby's feeding say every two hours it might be worth getting two of them i think that was about five six pounds but it was one of the again one of the best things i bought because now when we go out we've got enough feed so to, to literally leave the house if we want for 12 hours and not be worried what having to come back for a bottle not be worried about where we're going to get water from for the next bottle etc etc we can be in the car and make a hot bottle for the baby and the powders all together rather than rooting for a little powder tubs it's just all in one and because it's bigger than your average powder tub it's more easier to locate and at least that way when you do the last one you're like right i've got four hours now so i need to get powder again and i need to probably go home them two things for me work like clockwork two of the best things we've bought as parents i'll put them like i said in my bio i'll even put my link tree if that's what it's called in the bio of wherever you listen to this, if you listen to it on YouTube, there'll be a link below. If you listen to it on Spotify, Apple, Amazon, Deezer, wherever you listen to this podcast, if you look at the description, there will be a link tree. Click on that and it'll have the links, to everything to do with the podcast, but it'll also have these this Nubby Bottle Warmer and this man power to hold there for you as well. So you, if you did want to go and buy it, you know that you're getting the thing that I'm talking about. But like I said, tomorrow on TikTok, there'll be a video explaining all about this Nubby Bottle Warmer because it's absolutely fantastic, and I feel like more people need to know about it. That's one thing I will say. There's not many adverts on the telly about baby products, so you don't really know what's good to use and what's not. I mean, you probably, if you see something, type it in on YouTube and say review, and people give you an honest review on it, but there's nothing there telling you, like, this is good, go and buy it. So I'm telling you, this is good, go and buy it. If you do want it, like I said, link in the bio. Um, The next bit of advice I'd give you as well is just buy bigger bottles when you're buying bottles. Now, you will get bottles with prep machines sterilizers and stuff free um but there's they're never enough the amount of feed you go through in a day you've, if you only have a few bottles you're constantly washing constantly sterilizing i like to have a day's worth of bottles in the bottle sterilizer the night before so that when we wake up in the morning and we take them all out of the sterilizer literally as bottles for the day are all laid out fantastic don't like need to stress all sterilizer more till that night and we went and bought some bottles a few weeks ago because um, he didn't really like the Tommy Sippy ones. Like I said, he took to the man ones and we went and bought them. And the other five ounce ones now, they were like £20 for two bottles. And we can't use them now. He's on six ounces. Don't fit. Don't fit his milk in. So today, last week, we went and bought two of the ones that hold up to 10 ounces. And we've just went and bought two more today. So we've got four massive bottles now that can hold up to 10 ounces. Yet we're only filling it with six ounces. I looked into it. With the man bottles, because the anti colic bottles, it doesn't get too much air, so it doesn't really affect them, because the bottle bottles an anti colic bottle, so it doesn't have to be full. And at least that way, when Leo goes up to seven ounces, we've still got the bottles there, eight ounces, still got the bottles there, nine ounces, so on, so on. Rather than buying, if your baby's on five ounces, going and buying the bottles, that old five ounces, they'll last you a few weeks and he's on six, or she, or if your baby's a boy or girl, they're on six ounces. So and then bottles are just a waste of money, worthless, and you've got, you've got to go and buy more. So my best advice would be, learn from my mistake who did do that. And when you need to go, if you need to go and buy some bottles, just buy the big ones, whether they're drinking one ounce or ten ounces, the big bottle will last you then for the whole time they're on milk rather than going and buying a smaller bottle because they're only drinking two ounces. And when they go bigger, getting bigger bottles, just buy big bottles from the start. And they'll last you the whole time they're on milk. It makes so much sense. I don't understand the logic behind. Obviously, from a business point of view, I understand why they do it. Because people like me and 95% of people I'd hazard a guess buy the bottle, pay the milk, the drink. And so if they're only on five ounces, they'll buy a five ounce holding bottle. So obviously, they just make money because they know in a few weeks, your baby's going to be on six. And you ain't going to be able to use that bottle. So you have to buy more offers. Which I'm like a tenor bottle. They're bottle. They're not cheap bottles. I'll tell you that. So get bigger bottles from the start. That's the best, 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 best bit of advice I can give you. Don't swerve all them little ones because eventually you're going to need the big ones anyway. They do the same thing, the old, same amount of milk as what you put in it. Don't mess around going and buying smaller ones and up the size. It, to me, it's pointless. And I looked into it and it pretty much is pointless. Also, another bit more of advice, Infocol. Um, It helps a lot, Leo. Isn't a colicky baby, but sometimes he does struggle to get that last bit of wind up in his bottle. So someone told us, I think it was my sister, try putting a little drop of infocol in the bottle. I done it. <clears throat> Ever since then, he is fantastic with wind. So at the end of his bottle, where he usually used to be <clears throat> struggling to force his poo out or struggling to burp. And it takes quite a long time to get it out of him and he's upset. Now he just brings it up. Infocol obviously is no long-term solution, but if your baby is having problems with wind, I would highly recommend it. Obviously, if your baby is a colicky baby, there's bottles that are designed for that. So we got the Man bottles anyway, which are anti-colic bottles, which really help. I know Phillips do a, an anti-colic one, Tommy Tippy do an anti-colic one. There might be more brands. They're just the ones I've seen. But Inforcol does help massively. I think it's really, really helped Leo. So I'd recommend getting some Inforcol. Just put in literally one precept of it in in the bottles, and it'll really help. I think once they get to three, four months, they develop. The ability to bring the wind up themselves anyway without being winded. So it does help get you to that point, really, uh, without stressing when your baby's screaming, your house down, thinking, how oh, am I going to get this wind up? I've tried everything. This does work. And the last bit of tip <clears throat> I'd give you before going on to present day Leo is ke- if you are on mill Now, I'm not going to sit here and be that person who says you should have this milk, you should have that milk. I know people do do that pick whatever milk's right for your baby if that doesn't work and the baby doesn't take to it obviously you've got to look at changing and stuff like that i am on kendermill for leo i've done research into it and in my opinion it's the best milk for your baby but it, my sister for example feeds her baby after milk. i'm not going to sit here and say that's bad because every milk does the same thing but we've chose kendermill and kendermill does something a subscription service and it's fantastic so, it's no more expensive. Delivery is free. You're literally the same price as going and buying the milk from the store. Now, I'm not sure if other brands of milk do this, but I'm 99% sure that Kendall's are relatively new milk. If they're doing it, I'd assume the other people are doing it. It's very similar to something called subscribe and save on Amazon. But if you go on the Kendall website direct, you can choose for a set amount of money to come out your bank every month and they deliver the milk to your doorstep it's very lazy but it ensures that you never ever, 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 ever have that stress at one in the morning doing the bottle and being like oh my god they've run out of milk let's hope he lasts till the shop's open otherwise you've got a screaming baby till shop's open we've never expected my missus is a flapper so we've always got like a stock of milk in the house like Leo will never run out but I know that some people will buy it by the tin and they might forget to go out to shop and buy it and then that night like oh my god the shops are closed we've only got one bottle's worth of milk what am i gonna do Kendall mill do a subscription service now i'm sure other milks will i had a quick look before recording the podcast and your after mills and your um cow and gate i think it's called you can get down the subscribe and save on amazon but you can't on Kendall mill so that might be where you do that one i'd recommend it to everyone honestly every single month six tubs of kender will come to our house <clears throat> on average for one a week so it's like four weeks would be four tins but like i said sophie's a bit of a flapper she likes to have a big stock of it so we get six tins a month delivered to the house which helps because then that means like over christmas for example bank holidays and things like that that your delivery might change by a day or so slightly so you might if, you, if you're used to only having one tin a week like Leo always but the delivery is like four weeks, two days away. Then them two days, you're going to have to go to shop and buy a tin anyway to cover it. So we just get six tins a month. And it then allows us to then give Soph's mum a tin and say, well, he's going to be in yours quite a bit with Soph. You just keep a tin there. It saves us a lug a tin every time he comes. It then allows us to give my mum a tin when he goes there more and be like, might as well keep this tin. No point to us keeping her in the house because we've got a stock of them. I would recommend it. Obviously, some people are in the position to pay outright at the start of the month for the milk and they have to get it weekly. That, again, there's no harm in that. But if you can get it monthly, I'd do it. Um, Maybe when your child benefit comes in, you subscribe to it because you get child benefit every four weeks. So your child benefit will go into your bank and then Kenda will take that or whatever milk you have and would then take the subscription service out to your bank. Because that's at the end of the day, that's what your child benefit's meant to be used for. (laughs) <laughs> as, what, as what the government tell you but do what you want with it i don't care but if, if that's just hypothetically that you get your child benefit every four weeks you can sign up to subscribe and save to come every four weeks so if you subscribe to it maybe the day after your child benefit goes in then at least you know every four weeks right that goes in milk comes out it's covered no stress for the month promise you it, it'll help you because you haven't got that stress of he's to go to shop and get milk needs to, to shop and get milk every week because you just know right child benefits coming today right that means the money's coming out tomorrow for the milk and it might and it'll come the next day for example so there's it's it's the best thing we've done honestly if subscribe to milk i love subscribe and save on amazon we do it for the dog for the dog's dental treats. we've done it for four years since we we've had the dog every month we get dental treats delivered and the money just comes out the bank and you don't even have to think about it so imagine never having to worry about milk again like it just turns up now obviously you gotta pay for it but it just turns up you have not got to stress right when i'm shopping go remember to get milk on top of your food shop as well as on top of nappies and baby wipes and clothes and everything else that comes with being a parent it just eliminates that stress of milk because you know it's always going to come and like i said if you sign up to it around the time your child benefit goes in then as your benefit goes in the milk comes out and you're sorted them for the month you've paid your milk for the month you haven't got to worry like where you get your next cinnamon milk from sorts of things so that's probably a good bit of advice i could give you do a subscription service for your milk and maybe set it up the day after your benefit comes in and jobs are good present day rio wow how's he how is he eight weeks old on sunday eight weeks since we had that very traumatic day it's crazy he now weighs 12 and a half pound so he is like one and a half pound off weighing a stone and he looks amazing. He really does look amazing. He's fitting into all his clothes now. He's starting sensory class next Friday, which I can't wait for. That's very, very good. I don't really want to sit and talk too much about sensory class till next week because I've never been. I don't know what it's like. I can't explain what it's like. I've heard good things. So we signed him up to it. He signed up to his first term. I think it works out about £10 a session, but it allows South to get out the house when I'm in work meet other mums. It allows Leo to interact with other babies. My mate's kid has come on leaps and bounds going to that sensory class. It's helped his partner. Like, meet people who are in the exact same position as her because the classes are tailored for your age. So I know the one Leo's going to, it's a birth to three month class. So I know there's going to be literally everyone in that class is going to be within a month either side, potentially of Leo or the same age as Leo in terms of months. So he's meeting babies his age. Soph gets to meet mums who are also going through parentshood th- with a baby at the same age as Leo. She can ask questions. She can pick up other people's brains. It gets her out the house. There's so many benefits to doing things like this. Um, So I'll let you know how that is next week. It's going to be very stressful. we going to Leeds for a spa break. Soph deserves a massage for a birthday. It's Sophie's birthday today at the time recording this. If you are listening to this tomorrow, just send a little late birthday message. She'll be made up. Um but yeah so she's going to a spa break and we've got then got sensory class the next day i'm going to go to the first sensory class with her can't wait to be honest with you um, it is mainly for mums and the babies but i do want to go and i can tell you about it then so i'm going for the content Um, obviously won't be filming it i'll just be talking it on the podcast he's also got his first one of needles next week I'm very, very scared for that. That's the day before sensory class. Got a busy week next week. We've got his first lot of needles and obviously then gets them at three months old and at four months old. And he's, he's then done. I'm scared about that, to be honest, because I know obviously that's the first time. He's really going to feel pain of something breaking his skin. Very apprehensive for that. If anyone's baby has had needles and you are an experienced parent, please let me know any help remedies things that i should look out for when he has his needles because the fear of the unknown is real with that one um obviously there's not much online because different parents choose to have different needles and choose to not have some needles and stuff like that that's a a big talking point um like about obviously there's the mmr jab which a lot of people think leads to autism and avoid it i'm on the Defense with it really because people I work with parents believe that it did cause autism in their child but then I also believe that autism is something that you're just born with to be honest um I don't think a needle would cause autism but obviously there is that debate on that it might so anyone who's had the MMR jab please let me know is it worth it would you avoid it There's all that um, coming next week, which I'm very apprehensive for. He's also starting swimming classes. Um, We're just a little bit torn whether to put him in swim, which is run by Rebecca Adlington, Team GB, Olympic medalist, or whether to put him in water babies, which is worldwide. It's so, so good. They put them underwater from Lesson 1. They promised they'll be swimming in less than a year underwater. And you see so many good and positive stories about water babies and more swaying to water babies. Soph wants to go with Rebecca Adlington because it's much, 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 much cheaper, practically half price to what Water Babies is, but it's very new. So there's not much about it. So I don't really know if it's as beneficial as Water Babies because it's more about learning them to swim. But they do do classes from newborns. So again, um, before I do go to his very first swimming class in the next few weeks, if your baby is in Water Babies, do let me know, is it good? It's not just Big Sting England Pool. It's a worldwide thing. If your baby is in Swim, run by Rebecca Adlington, which is a UK-wide thing, let me know if they go to that and the benefits of both, please. It'd be really helpful. Otherwise, we're going to do both and just can't like stop going to one, whichever one we don't think is as good as the other one. Um, but yeah, he's definitely starting a sensory class next week. That's booked in. He's starting swimming classes within the month, which is mad that my son's starting swimming. It feels like he's an adult. He's only eight weeks old, but it's better to learn. We're going on holiday in September, and I don't want to be that parent who's panicking when he's around the pool. I want to know that quite comfortably he can be in that pool and he can swim. I'd love him to be able to swim unaided. I've seen babies do it at like nine months old, underwater, no armbands, like a proper water baby. Water babies do get them to that level. So I'd say swimming class is a boss for children. But again, we'll elaborate more on that once Leo's been to a swimming class and I can give you more information. Um, and yeah, we're planning this christening. We're going to church on Sunday, me and Soph and Leo. Um, I've never been to church before. I don't think I'm acceptable. I'm covered in tattoos. Apparently that's a sin, I got told once. Um But nah, I'm excited, to be honest. We've decided to christen him in the church where my nan used to go every Sunday as a little bit of a tribute to her. So I'm looking forward. I'm a bit apprehensive about going to the the church on Sunday because obviously a lot of people there will know my nan and they were my nan's friends. And I know they're going to come over to me and speak about my nan. And when people speak about my nan, it gets me really upset. Um, But it's for the greater good. So we're going to church on Sunday for the first time. Um, so, next week's podcast, there's so much to talk about on next week's podcast. It is going to be released on Saturday, though, purely because sensory class is on Friday. So, I'd like to do the podcast after the sensory class so I can at least talk about it on the podcast for you. Otherwise, it's just going to be like the next six days where he's literally the only exciting thing. wasn't even exciting. The only thing happening is he's having his needles and he's signing up to swimming classes. So, I'd rather have. The sensory class to speak about, um. So we're going to release next week's episode Saturday at six pm rather than Friday at six pm, and it will include first sensory classes. My thoughts on that. How um church was if Leo made a show and screen through it, um. Th- we've bought like, the fact we were the as Christner at that point, and I'm also going to look at things that I can't wait for this year with Leo as he continues to develop and little milestones I can't wait for things I'm looking forward to. That's all to come on next week's episode. But Like I said, it will be Saturday at 6pm. Loads to look forward to. Um, A very busy week with church and needles and sensory class and swimming classes and all that in between um, for me and Soph and the baby. But it just means next week's podcast is going to be very content-based for you. I think, I, I mean, I come into today's podcast thinking... Not much has really changed in the last two weeks, and we've managed to waffle for like an hour and 17 minutes. So people seem to love it when I, when I ramble on about, about the baby. Um, thank you like again, again before I go to every single person who listens to the podcast, shares the podcast, likes the podcast, does all that good stuff. If you haven't already, do wherever you're listening to it. There'll be a way to rate it, whether that be on Apple, Spotify, Google. You can rate the podcast. You can save the podcast. You can leave a review on the podcast. Please do that. If you're watching it on YouTube, I know we've removed the visual elements and it's just audio because who wants to stare at my face for an hour? Um, Don't forget to subscribe to the channel, like the video, leave us a little comment. It means the world. Like I said, our link tree, if that's what it's called, is in the description of every single podcast. And the Nubby Bottle Warmer and the Man Powder Holder, I will put them in that as well. The minute I've stopped recording this if I can figure out how to do it. If not, it'll be a call to my friend who knows how to do it and ask him to do it for me. So just though, if you do are intrigued by them and you want to look into them, the link will be in my link tree for the podcast. So it just makes it easier for you to find it. And like I said, do go over to our TikTok, which is Tales of a First Time Dad. Type that in. You'll get our TikTok and tomorrow there will be a video about the Nubby Bottle Warmer and the pal, the whole lab, bigged up on today's podcast, showing you how to use it, showing you how much it's worth it. And you can see a video there and then of pretty much what it is and why I think it's so good. And then you, the link will be there for you as well if you do want to go on and, <clears throat> and have a look at it. I think it's a fantastic product, to be honest with you. I don't get nothing. I'm not sponsored by Nubby. I'm not sponsored by Man telling us to go and buy this it's just a genuine dad telling you that this thing is amazing and i'd recommend it to any parents so don't think i'm sassy trying to sell your products because that is not me at all if you don't want to buy it don't buy it if you want to buy it buy it if you want to listen to my advice it's absolutely fantastic and i would buy it but it's up to you if you want to want to trust me or not. But do check out the TikTok video. So I'm really, really struggling with TikTok and how it works. So it's going to be interesting that I've promised a video within 24 hours of this going live of the bottle warmer because I don't know how to use it. Sophie doesn't know how to use it. But it's one of them things. Also, before we go, I'm hoping, praying, next week will be the first chance Sophie gets to come on the podcast. She's still telling me no. But now she's seen a removed the visual elements. We just won't tell her that we're leaving on for that one. Um, she w- will come on the podcast because I think it'll be good to get her to come on and talk about her experiences being mum for the first time. And um, We've got so much to speak about next week, like like sensory classes, swimming, needles, planning as christening and stuff like that. It'd be nice to have Soph with me to speak about that. So you may get to meet my amazing wife on next week's podcast. So do tune in for that. But I have been Matty. I am the first time dad. And this is my tales. Thank you for watching, listening, subscribing and all that good jazz. And I'll be back next week. Thank you so much for taking your time out of your day to listen to my stories. I really, really, really appreciate it. Bye.